beauty of our worship, the beauty of the moments that we just spent praising our God. We wonder sometimes in our spirit if he's truly good. But then the spirit calls within us to, to, to sing it. Sometimes we may sit there or stand there and we're like, this just seems so repetitive. But yet the more that we re- repeat, the spirit then speaks to us and through us in our situation. We may be in a season where we, we debate the God is good or, or we're, if God is good, why am I in that situation or why doesn't there seem to be a breakthrough or there's seasons where we're like, yes, I can truly cry out. The Spirit speaks to us and through us and we cannot help but cry out. Some of us get to the level of maturity to where it's a mixed bag that we know that things are not good but yet we still cry out to the one who's greater to the one who knows, to the one that we have and we desire to be held on to. We may not know, we may be crippled in our, our effect or our, in our ability to, to, to truly feel as though we're you know, grasping or clinging onto him, but yet in those moments when we are the loose child, we are held by him. The Apostle Paul in the letter of Ephesians that we are speaking to today says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to the God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is through that moment of worship, through these moments of worship, the community. Paul is going to give us four guarantees today, but when you take those four and you look at them, there's two beautiful uh, principles that we cannot get away from, or things that if we divorce ourselves from, we are sunk, and that is worship and community. The Apostle Paul, last week, if you were here, through a spiritual inventory, it's on the app, on the website, if you want to look later and just evaluate yourself. We took chapter, chapter four through five, and just looked at all of the do's and the don'ts and, and what we should be's, and we put them just in a, a way of inventory and just on a continuum. Where do you set yourself? And through that spiritual inventory, the Apostle Paul is desiring for us to know and understand that, that we are to be filled constantly, that our mission in life, our goal in life, is to be so close to the Father that we don't feel like he is reckless. We know and understand and embrace the fact that he is good, that even in the bad times, we know that there is something greater than our consequence or circumstance. And the Apostle Paul desires for us today to really know and understand that we're filled, that our, we don't have to go through our Christian walk wondering if God has filled us. We may have times of question. We may have times and seasons, but there can be a known constant with our God. It's a knowing. And I really believe that the Apostle Paul desires for us, I think all of the scripture writers, because God desires for us to know that in centering in on him, he has got this. And today we look at the Apostle Paul's letter, and we look at chapter 5, verses 15, and I read part of it, through 21. And in we're going to see that there are four guarantees. You want to know 
if you're in God, if you're being filled by God, if he's, if he's there, he outlines them today. And I believe today, you may not feel it or sense it, but I would hope that you would begin a journey of knowing it. If you're new to the faith, new to Christianity, haven't kind of pawed around with all that, not real sure, I pray that you begin a, an, a solid journey with the universe, that he might change you and change your life. He saved you, may you, that you receive that and then receive Christ. And for the rest of us, no matter where of guarantee that we begin to just continue to rest in knowing. The Apostle Paul says this in the full context. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, excuse me, God the Father of everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. All right, I've got a question, and this is going to make some of us feel really guilty. But then again, first service, I found that we're actually pretty proud of ourselves, right? Sometimes. You get to snitch on your parents, okay? Those non-drivers get to, to go, yeah, that's mom or dad, or that's my brother, whatever. But when you are driving, right, and you have your vehicle or your folks' vehicle, and you're driving, um, Susan, put up the, the chart. This is the easiest way. Do you have a tendency to get gas at one, two? Well, and three is kind of goofy, but, you know, let's, let's just confess. Let's have a time of communal confession, right? How many of you, I mean, it gets a quarter a tank. It's sometime before half, you're already filling up. I see that hand, right? Thank you. Thank you, right? prepared people, right? Now, how many of you, man, it gets to half, you start getting nervous, and from half to the last quarter, you, you, you're filling up? Okay, all right, okay. Now, the rest of us are either liars or we did not just want to participate, right? How many of us, that sucker gets to E, and we're finally going to the gas station? Oh, my goodness, there is a God in heaven, right? I mean, it's, it's, now, don't go there yet, Susan, but you, since you're there, I'll go ahead now. Um, now we've got computers right on the, go ahead, go there, go there. And, and, and now it tells you, you know, there's no miles left, but you know, <laughs> you know that there's more miles on there, and you still don't fill up. Oh, I love you people, right? Now, to, full, to further show us the fools in the room, and I am the chief of fools, how many of you have ever gotten caught and ran out of gas? Oh, I love you even more. Okay, we're going to start a group, okay? Uh, and uh, the Risky Fillers, we'll call ourselves. The, the, the Risky Fillers group are going to meet on Tuesday and all go to the gas station after group, right? It's kind of an account of kind of an accountability thing. We're going to fill up on Tuesday no matter what. 
the Apostle Paul, obviously, the Apostle Paul, obviously, that if, if your spiritual gauge is run like your automobile gauge, some of you are probably doing pretty good. And then many of us, if we, if we ran our spiritual life like we did our gauge, we might be in deep weeds. Or we might be in a hurry-up offense to get right with God. Or we may always just do things on our own and then run the risk of asking why questions a lot or wondering a lot. You see, when the Apostle Paul says that, that to, to not be foolish, to be wise, he says the first thing, the first guarantee, the first guarantee that you can know that the Holy Spirit is in you, having come to Christ and filling you, giving him something to work with, even though there can be things that he puts in the way to say hello, right, is choosing wisdom. Now, I think we all understand wisdom. Whether we are burdened by our parents to go, did you think about that? Did you think about that? And you're going, if you're real sophisticated, you can go, well, in psychology class, I learned that the gray matter, Father, is not even formed yet, so I get to make stupid mistakes, right? And what's the father do or the mother do? Keep cramming that wisdom in there so that that little brain can begin to form. But for the rest of us, I think the Holy Spirit can easily speak to the fact that there are things that, that, that each of us, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll let get too empty. And when we let it get too empty, we just sort of go on our own wisdom. Sometimes we go on the wisdom of those that we hang out with. And the Spirit of God, I, don't, I do not believe the Spirit of God ever goes, I'm in you, but I'm off. Click. I think we've learned from Scripture, the still, small voice. I think he speaks to us many, many different ways. Sometimes he's yelling at us. Sometimes he just speaks, and sometimes he whispers. And yet we know, we just know that we know that we're not choosing wisdom. At that point, whatever, whatever the topic is, whatever the action is, <coughs> when we don't choose <coughs> just basic common sense, we can know that we're messing around with something that, well, if you say that in Scripture, yes, but the principle is wisdom. Choose wisdom, right? One easy thing that you can do in your devotional life, if you want to choose wisdom and just kind of know is, there just happens to be 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. You can just read one of those each day in your devotional life just to see practical wisdom. It is there. And just as soon as we kind of meddle, and we all do this, just as soon as we meddle in areas that are not choosing with wisdom, the Apostle Paul says, you're choosing, you foolishness. You really don't have the excuse. Some of us, what were you thinking? I don't know, I was trying to do this. We do dumb things, and that would be called ignorance. Sometimes we do things that didn't have a lot of wisdom. But see, the greater point is, is that when we look at the Apostle Paul, what he's saying to us today is that it's worship and that it's community, is that if we do not have wisdom in an area, that's why we have each other. That's what we are able to do in community. 
is to bring up things, even very, very practical things. Put away our pride, put away our having to know, putting away our perfectionism. You see how it works? If we don't know, choose wisdom. What would it be to choose wisdom? And so he says the community of faith. Oh, God and his word are going to give it to you. If you're not in his word, you're not choosing wisdom. But even in the practical things, if you're not choosing one another, and he desires for us to do life together, even in the most practical ways. I've said it before. I'll probably say it again. Many of us guys don't ask for help because either we don't want to look dumb because we don't know how to do it or we don't want to burden another guy or pride or whatever. You see, that's a practical way of saying I'm not choosing wisdom. Choose wisdom. There's an absolute guarantee that you can know that you're in the will and the way and that the Spirit is filling you when you choose wisdom. The second thing he says is, uh, the second thing is know and embrace the Lord's will. If you look, he says, after being, be very careful at every opportunity, right? He says, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. This can be so big and insurmountable for those of us in the faith because we, you know, we, we want to be in the Lord's will. We want to know what the Lord's will is. It's, it's, a, it's a growing, you know, it's a growing thing and it's ever-changing. It's seasonal. First service, I was talking to them about the rhythms of their life. And some of them, as you age, there's things that you do that you can't do. Even those of us in this service, there, there, there are things that we want to do that we can't do. And so we have to go through that tension of going, man, there's a rhythm in my life that's changing. Some of you all are just in the discovery mode. You're like, what the heck? Do I, I don't know what God's will is. What, what, what does he want me to do? I can guarantee you that he desires to absolutely use you. His will for you is the same as it is for every adult in this place, no matter the age. Why? Because he knows you, right? He, we look at Apostle Paul's beginning of the letter. He's saying, listen, the creator of the universe created you. And he's, you were predestined. He, you're predetermined. And now we go about our life discovering his specific will for us. And we choose, right? If we choose wisdom, then you really can't go wrong. Some people go, I don't know if this choice is, is good, if it's in the will or out of the will. Listen, don't get bogged down in that as much as choose wisdom. If you've got two choices, there have been so many times in my life that there's been the choice of two or three good things. And I'm like, oh, now this is a dilemma. It's easy when there's a bad thing and a good thing. But when there's good things, see? So then you go about discovering, and God walks along with us in these discoveries. But he says, listen. Make sure that you embrace his will. There are times, if we're not careful, that we know that there was a pathway we should go down, or there's a, you know, and we, again, fear or whatever. It's amazing how he closes it with submit to one another in the fear of the Lord, which I'll get to. But that fear can paralyze us. And so some of us are gripped within our spiritual life where Christ desires for us to be free to then choose to embrace what's there. Oh, the perfect illustration, and we sung about it, is his grip on us, his hold on us. How many ever just wanted to throw a fit? You know? You know, it's just, oh, the angst, whatever. You see, God desires for us to always remember that he's embracing us. He does not stop holding us close 
He desires for us to know that his mission is to bring Jesus. Bring Jesus to every situation. Bring Jesus to, to the world, to the life, right? He says, listen, this is who he is. This is what we've done. This is who you are. This is all the greatness of who he is. And then he says, listen, there is one faith, one Lord, one baptism. There's one body. There's one body. Now, there may be many churches, but there's one body. And so God, in, this, in, in the only way that he can, works through all of these ensembles, right? He works through all of these to accomplish his mission and his will to tell a broken world that there's an answer. And to keep telling God's people that when they have questions, there are answers, living wisdom, and to embrace the Lord's will where you're at. When he gives you a nudging or a prompting, you, you act on it. If he desires for you to do something, you open yourself up to it. You see, the sophistication of Paul's writings is there's the grammatical emphasis is through the verb tenses. It's through how we go about understanding what Paul's saying. And sometimes he gets deep and you try thinking, now how do you communicate that to the folks? And so what he says here is he says, listen, don't be foolish. Don't do the things that keep you in foolishness, but keep embracing that which is true. Even if it's unbelievable at times, or even if it's hard to pull off, if there is a true obedience that you need to do. And so he moves on. He says, listen, choose wisdom, but also get filled from the right sources. Getting filled from the right sources really helps us understand the journey that we go on in this embrace. God is selfish. Isn't that weird to say? God is selfish for us, and he desires all of our attention. That is the worship piece. And through that, he gives us community. And in that community, that's where it's really lived out. He says that the days are evil. You're like, wow, the days are evil? Well, yes. Have you lived, right? Have you gone into the high school? Yes. I mean, you're like, whoa. So the evil is before us. Darkness is before us. That which is not godly is before us. So we keep embracing, but now we allow ourselves to then move to the next place. But by doing that, it really helps us focus on our volatility. Life in darkness is volatile. Remember when he said you used to be like the Gentiles and you had futile thinking and it darkened your mind and when, you dar when your mind was darkened, you were so far away from God that you even believed that you didn't even need a God. He says, listen, don't be like that. He says, that's volatile. When life becomes volatile, he desires for us to keep moving in a vulnerable way. He wants us to be vulnerable. Again, the grip of God. When you've had that child, maybe some of you were blessed to not have this child. I think any of us that had preschoolers or have preschoolers have this child. They are not making good choices of choosing wisdom because either they either didn't get what they want or they're just confused about the situation. And so they begin to have a tantrum. And in that tantrum, if you're in your right mind, right, Paul also said don't sin in your anger, right? So then you're watching your anger because they're not doing exactly what you do, and then you feel powerless, and then you're in a non-controlled setting, and then you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like spanking, but you go, that's not, that's not a spankable offense, but I feel like it, so you're regulating yourself while you're holding your child who's doing this, right? And you're like, you're like, ooh, 
and you just want to, no, okay, right? And what do you, and the grip is not, the grip, you can smile. You, have you ever done it in church? Grab a hand or hold a body. Oh, oh hi, God bless you, see you. <laughs> We're on our way to the vehicle. And everybody knows. And everybody who's ever had this grip has had the grip, right? But what are you doing? You're gripping tighter, hopefully, right? No sinning and doing it illegal, doing something that's harming. But you're holding a little tighter. Because you want volatility to get to vulnerability. If you can get that child to vulnerability, and they start breathing, and they start relaxing. Pick on all of us. We try to rationalize. We have a preacher. We have a waiter. That wasn't really good choices, was it? No. And the volatility moves to vulnerability. And when we get the child in a vulnerable place, doesn't mean they still don't have a little, you know. But you get a place to where you have a hearing. And in that hearing, you hope that the lesson is taken so that they might move to victory. That they might move and walk in the newness of what you were trying to teach when they had a tantrum. Easy translation for adults, isn't it? And God's grip on us, very similar. That he never lets us go, right? We sing about that. Oh, no, he never lets go. Through the storm, through this, through that. And the Apostle Paul says, listen, I need you to know that you can be filled. It's a guarantee that if you know and embrace the Lord's will, just stay in his will. Don't deviate. Watch who you hang with. Watch what you do. Choose wisdom. Make choices. My kids hear that, you know, it's obnoxious, right? And with that, you can know that you are being filled with the right sources, the right resources. He says, listen, don't get, don't get filled with, with, with wine. I think culturally that speaks, right? But we nowadays can be filled with all kinds of things. So what we have to do is bridge that application. Because some of us go, well, I don't even do wine. I can't even do it. It's not, it's not late. But we can fill our hearts and minds with all kinds of other fillings that may not be or are not beneficial. They're not things that, that feed us and grow us. And Paul says, listen, if you can know that God's got you, even though you're in a tantrum, don't move into sin. Don't move in, and don't compromise and fill yourself with, with things that are not going to truly fill you. Fill yourself with the, with the things of God. Get, if you will, filled with the Spirit. And he says that. Don't be partaking of the wine, which causes debauchery. Now again, if you're a wine drinker, I get that, right? I think the Holy Spirit wants to 
take us kids sometimes deeper. You ever had the adolescent that's still focused up here and you're going, could you just please come down here? Sometimes with God, God's like, kids, can you just, you, you know what I'm saying? Don't get lost up here. Come down here. This is where I'm at. And live and breathe. Right? He was with you. You can be guaranteed that the Holy Spirit is still with you and that you are in my will if you just be filled. Make a decision to be filled daily. Just be filled. Look at what at what gas stations you go to fill your spirit. Where are you filling? It makes no sense. What are you getting filled over there for? That's not doing you any good. They throw water down their gas. All you're going to do is be sputtering through your life. But come over here where the power is. The things of God, the community of God, worship God, community. See, that's why we encourage you and we desire for you. We, we want you. We would demand it if it worked. But you get yourself into community. Get yourself into a group. Get yourself into a place that, listen, if you desire to, to, to be fueled in the right ways, it takes that volatility moving to vulnerability. People may scare you to death. New people may scare you to death, Right? But it's moving into that volatile way to get the victory of a new group, of a new opportunity to free yourself from the word. We don't want anybody to think that they have to be an expert. We don't want anybody to think that they got to pray out loud or that they even have to answer a question. It's more about being in community. It's about belonging and connecting and, and growing in his word. And then walking out Life change. I'm telling you, if you get yourself active in a group, in a small group, in a home, or on this campus, your spiritual life is going to grow. You're going to be challenged. It's going to be awesome. Right? Be around that which fuels you in the right ways. And then lastly, he says, be a part of God's ensemble. What I love about the church is that we have leadership, and there's leadership giftings that, 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 that come out. But what happens when a group of gifted people, passionate gifted people come together, it's amazing how everyone leads like an ensemble. It's, a, it's, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. Right now, it, with our student ministry, we're looking for the leader, right? And we're doing some interviews now, and we're moving along in that process. But I've just got to tell you how proud I am and how the leaders are proud. We're just ecstatic about how this group of youth sponsors, this youth team, have just, they just get it done. And that doesn't mean that they don't need a leader, but they are doing it. And you see this over and over and over again. We could never afford pay staff in, a, in, a, in every given area. But sometimes we choose those leaders to, to then umbrella and to grow and to, to, to equip, right? But this ensemble in, in the youth team is, is amazing. And they each are using, and, and it, is, it is a, you know, I haven't heard anything through the grapevine. I mean, there's relationships and so forth. But they are working so well together 
See, God desires that. See, God desires for you to be part of his ensemble of ministry, whatever it might be. He desires to say to you, listen, I knew you, I predestined, you have a destiny, you've got that, you've got passion. I want you to work in the work of the church. I want you to do that. Now you're saying, of course, Tom, you're the minister and you're supposed to do that. You're the paid representative, right, for every commercial. We read the bulletin, we know this, but yet there's still not engagement. And so I have to go back to say, is the filling being stopped by some sort of volatility? Some of you have come from other churches. You know, oh gosh, I don't want all that politics. I don't want to do all this kind of stuff. And right, there's a volatility. Some of you are going, eh, you know, I'm just not sure. You got, you know, you've just been living, you know, you've just been living sort of kind of half-baked because you just don't know where you are in God. If you follow the steps, right? Embraces will get in there, then you you're gonna be open up to the freedom and say, give it a chance, give it an opportunity, to develop relationships. I think for most of us that are in ministry, the task of ministry is, you know, it's got its, it's got its hard parts, but it's getting to know one another. Debbie, you leading the ensemble of missions. You know, we have all these little ensembles. We have, you'll see in, in your worship folder, here's an opportunity. If you're new or if you've been here a while, back to basics. It's an opportunity for you to, to go and see what we're praying about in developing an ensemble for, for women and continuing to mature women's ministry. You see, each and every ensemble, and I won't go through all of them, but each and every one of them possibly needs you. And I can take easily the possibility out. God desires for you to do and work and be active and not just wonder all the time. You see, you can know without a shadow of a doubt, that you are growing in Christ, that you are being filled by him, that he is carrying you through circumstances and situations, even if there's relational tensions, that's a way of him taking you from that volatility to vulnerability and to eventually victory. I said last service, some of our seasoned saints, I said, I know you've gotten to yourself to a place where you just say, I don't do kids. But yet, I know some of them have grandbabies out of town and say, you know, why don't you give, the, give up the ghost and just volunteer in that nursery and love on a baby for an hour? It's not all that difficult. See, volatility, vulnerability leads to victory. Before I close, I want to give some of you an opportunity We'll be starting groups here, and you'll be finding out next week, and we'd love for you to, to sign up and be a part of a small group. But there may be, there may be an opportunity of one of these three things that, that really might, the, the Holy Spirit might say, that's what we've been waiting on. Some of you might want to be a leader. You might want to lead a small group. I realize this is not for the novice, but, but maybe you've just been waiting to be invited. I'm inviting you to, to think about leading a small group, you and your wife, or whatever, you, and, and you facilitate the questions, and you do the study, and you get to know it, and you don't have to have all the answers, because you can always find an answer, there's no one that knows all the answers, but you can love on people, and you don't mind praying out loud, and, and you kind of like people, right, maybe you'd want to be a leader, you go, oh, no, no, that's not for me, maybe you'd want to simply be a hostess, 
You may be a host home. You open up your home. You work with the leader. You, you, you organize and you say, okay, this is where we'll have the study. And you organize the chairs. And this is where we'll put the kids if there are kids that come to the group. This is where we'll do snacks. You can do it all within your house rules. We, we, we don't have to break anything. You know, break your rules. But you open up your home. And you're like, never even thought of that. And you get to know people. Right? And we'd love for you to do that. And then, of course, within these groups, that's what I was telling the first service, within these groups, the, 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 the young people have young people. They have young, they have littles. You may want to be a part of the, the, the group's kids' team. To where you go into the home and you, for you know, for that time frame, you you work with the kids and we've we've got the whole packet. We'll we'll uh, orient the, you know, orient you to it, train you. This coming Saturday to com- continue this commercial, we'd love to have you, right? But but maybe you'd want to work with the kids in the group so that so that others might be able to so parents can focus quite frankly. I don't know what the Holy Spirit wants to do with those kids. And there's plenty of other options. Rachel with Family Promise. I mean, we're constantly, man, our passion is to constantly be bringing you opportunities that you might be interested in. I just pray that we take the Apostle Paul's words and we just, we challenge him on his guarantees. And that we watch the Holy Spirit work through us. And just watch, watch our spiritual gauge go through the roof. Because with the Spirit, we never run out. We just keep filling. Oh, wouldn't it be great to just know that you have options? That's my prayer. That you're one. God, thank you. Thank you for this time in your word. Thank you for every person in this place that you have so gifted, that you have called. Father, I just pray that they would be sensitive your spirit right now if they're in a volatile place father i just pray that they would know that you are there and if we're vulnerable to the things that you might be calling us to father i just pray that steps of faith are being taken with the guarantee that your spirit is going to walk alongside us and father for those that are just about just to victory or in Father, may our praise just resound from joyful hearts as we share with them in songs and what you've done.